And welcome to uh, episode number seven of Dyson Pixels. This is Puck. And this is Q-Ball. Welcome everybody to the show. Hope you're all doing this, quite well. What This is our this is our post-PAX pre-Supernova uh, episode and it should be fun. It's great. Um, and there's a we big language warning on this one, kids. So turn down your radios. Uh, okay, so sometimes, as I imagine Radi- you are... Radio? Turn down your radio. Yes. Um... Now, We're not so, on radio. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, the giant gerbil that took over America. Um, possibly good news for Australian gamers that use Steam because uh, wait about four weeks till their economy crashes and Steam games are going to be really cheap. Top up your Steam wallets. Top up your PlayStation account. Everything's going to die. That was great. So how about we cue the intro now? <laughs> How are you going this week? You're going good, I imagine. Me? I'm tired. I'm like, I'm in like post-PAX recovery mode. Well, I'm Um, sick and I didn't even get to go to PAX to catch whatever made me sick. So, yeah. You didn't even get to go to PAX. You didn't even get the good stuff. Stop mentioning PAX. Yeah. Hey, how was PAX? (laughs) How was PAX, Puck? It's great. What did you get to do Um, while you were down there? Uh... Oh man. Okay. Now the, the 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 question more is, what did we manage to have time to do whilst we were down there? Because I say we because all the cool people were there. Um, yes. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. So uh, so I went down with uh, uh, Sam, who's uh, the Dutch Potato Creative Director, um, and uh, Christian, who's another one of our DMs, and Callan, who's our DM coordinator, um, at least until Ellen. Uh, our sim out of that role um and uh jonah who's our new member cuddler um so we all we all went down to dm uh in games oh and of course another friend Lyndon, who didn't do anything um neither did callan actually callan didn't dm either okay um, so but we went down to a couple of people that did nothing um so they probably had all the fun while you were running all the games not that um, running the games isn't fun but i mean it's packs there's fun everywhere okay, so, yeah so have you ever have you ever played that joust game that they have at packs could you stop um, asking if I've played a thing at PAX? No, I don't you, even know what it is. Have you played it? No. Okay, so Joust, I've never been a, to PAX. <laughs> so it's a, apparently it is a um uh, it's a PlayStation game. It's called Johann Sebastian Joust. I haven't played that. Um, no. Yeah, it's um it's actually pretty fun. The idea of it is that you you have like um you have a a, a custom controller that has a light on the top, and the different players have different coloured lights and that the wouldn't have to be is... the PlayStation Move, would it? Oh, it might be. I don't know. I actually don't, I don't know enough about PlayStations. To is know. it like a stick with a ball on top that lights up? Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's yeah, it. It's, it's a move. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so yeah, so everyone has one of those, and the idea is that you um, there's music playing, and it's always by by Johann Sebastian Bach, hence the name. And when the music goes fast, you can move faster without necessarily disrupting the light. Um, when it goes slow, you have to move slower. And occasionally it'll say freeze and then you have to stop altogether or the light will, will go red. When it goes red, you're out. And the idea is that you just sort of have to kind of move around each other and kind of like try and knock each other's arms or whatever um, so that they shake their light and it goes out and then you're the last one. The okay. last person is, is, is winning. So Callan spent probably 70% of his time playing Joust. <laughs> Wow. Like, well, we, like, we would all sit down to do a three-hour DMing session, and he would have gotten there early to start playing Joust, and he 
we would finish and then have to wait another half an hour for him to, to finish playing. You know, he could have just bought a PlayStation and spent that time wandering around the rest of PAX looking I'm at other certain, stuff. I'm pretty certain he actually is. Um, so <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, gonna check that out. I'll check that out. There's um actually actually that's an interesting um that actually an interesting mention of news this week. The PS Pro launches uh this week launched earlier this week. That's the the PS the player for Tabarndergar. That's the PlayStation. Well yeah, it was a good one. Play it's the PlayStation Four that uh, has better hardware, so you can actually use a VR headset without dying of nausea. Um, oh, cool! And it's meant to be very very pretty. Some of the games on it, they've improved, which are very, very pretty. Nice, nice. Mm. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, um, just to give people an idea of, of anyone who hasn't been to PAX, because I've never been, and this was my first time. And um, uh, as with all virgins, once they've done it, um, they become uh, very, very outwardly knowledgeable <laughs> about... Slut. Uh, You're a, a slut. slut. Yeah, You're a slut. Yeah, so, slut. So I, You're a PAX I'm slut. I'm definitely... Oh my god, I'm definitely a pack slut. I just yep. want to do packs over and over and over. I think of nothing else. Great. Um great. So <laughs> anyway, the um yeah, so the way it's laid out is um the Melbourne Convention Center is oh god, Big. I don't I don't know if it actually is bigger than the Brisbane one, but it's, it's I would massive. say it is. I've never been there, but I yeah. would assume that it's much bigger. But absolutely all of it was taken up doing pack stuff so in the main they have the main halls kind of split into two on one side is all of the video games um and so the uh the pixels if you were and on the other side is all of the tabletop games Which would be the dice. the dice the dice and there are um there are stalls and gaming areas on both sides all right so um and the way they'd set it up is really clever i thought and i'm assuming that it's it's like a thing they do on purpose um, the video game side was very dark, so all of their um, all their signage was was either black or, or dark grey. Yes. There were lower, all the lights were lower. You know, and then our, the table you know our game, people, man, our people don't like yeah. that light. We like to be over there in the dark, no light um, for us. And all, and all all of the all the tables and desks and chairs and everything were all black, right, or or like darker colours. In the tabletop game, the all of the tables were white. Um, the lights were like fully up um they'd uh, uh all of the signage was white like it was so they kind of made it so very stark contrast from one side that's and, cool yeah yeah it was a great idea um and um the the tabletop game area you could literally just you could sit in there for weeks and not get tired of things to do so in the video game area um it was exactly what you would think it would be there was a, a an area which i think was actually too too small a very very small area for indie gaming, um, and there were maybe, oh, I didn't count them, but I would say less than twenty indie game developers there, which I thought was actually appalling. Um, and I don't know if that's just because that's they're the main ones in Melbourne, or no, a lot um, of people went there from all over. The um, the problem the problem is um, okay, the problem you got is this indie there's indie game developers all over Australia. Um, they can't afford to get there. They can't afford to get there. Yeah. Um, because there's no. F- Freaking funding for indie game development. Thanks, government. Yeah, and just to be... No, I shouldn't criticize them. And just to be clear, I'm not saying it's appalling from the point of uh, the, the guys who organize packs. Like, I'm sure they just said anyone who wants to come and, and exhibit can exhibit. I'm saying it's appalling that there was such a, a low representation of indie gaming, considering that's the main gaming development industry in, in Australia. Yeah, I know. 
Um, so yeah, so there was that, and then there were a whole bunch of um, you know uh, typical vendors that you'd expect to see, like VR, VR vendors, and um, uh, the guys uh, who do the the gaming chairs, um, which were just oh those my looked god, amazing. We got to talk oh to those God, guys. They're incredible. They were yeah. great. You picked up a whole bunch of cards. We've got, I think, we've got probably five or six weeks of of really good interviews lined up. I know. Um, cool. Okay, everyone. We have got Anthony Christou here on the show. Hey, Anthony, how you going? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very, very good. Um, uh, better than earlier, as Puck will attest to. He saw me earlier today. I'm, I'm better. <laughs> um, you're better. I'm always better. Cool. So I met Anthony at PAX, uh, which is obviously fantastic. Um, and I actually had to actively avoid Anthony's uh, stall. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that because I'm incredibly good looking or what? Well, it was that. I mean, it was partly. Um, and I was entirely you know, I mean, that. He confessed earlier, entirely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and we actually we actually bought four of uh, four of Anthony's prints. I've got I've got them sitting right next to me. Actually, I'm, I just have to get motivated to go and buy some frames for them. Excellent. Yeah. Don't go to Kmart. Don't go to Kmart. Do not buy oh. those frames. Every listener out there, don't buy frames from Kmart because all five well, that I bought came out as a sponsor. All five. <laughs> oh, well, bugger! I've just pissed that away. <laughs> now every single frame I bought fell apart within two days. It fell off the wall because it broke apart. Oh, good. So, so anyway, uh, go to a framing place and get some frames for those. Please continue, Puck. I've interrupted your. Uh... Yeah. So. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so getting back to uh, oh, have you listened to the podcast yet? By the way, Anthony. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you understand it's mostly this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, all good, dude. I do hope you weren't offended by it. <laughs> I like informal stuff. It's good. It's a lot more easier, you know. Yeah. So, I've been on podcasts where it's like. You know, it's like the structured question thing. Structured questions are good, but it just was like, oh, I felt like I was a robot. So, Anthony, oh are you a male over 30? <laughs> it's like, what yes. gender do you identify as, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, um, so what's going on? <laughs> it's like, you wow. know, it just, it just was, yeah. Well, this like makes my we, uh, we first come... question. Mm. I was gonna say this. Yeah. This makes my uh, my first question really awkward then. But uh, oh, what's okay. your what what's your background, Anthony? <laughs> what's my background? <laughs> what which background do you want? Criminal background or no? Nah. Oh, all of <laughs> the above. I know. Uh, how how do you get into the artwork side of things? That may not be a um, question. That's what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'm just joking. Um, I've been an artist uh, or creative for about sixteen years. Um, nine years of my life, I was a graphic designer. Got sick of that. I got sick of, I mainly, I wanted to get creative jobs, but I really got corporate stuff. Mm. And I did fine art at night to keep my sanity. Um, art's what kept me sane, just doing like paintings of whatever. And I used to sell them in 2009. I did teaching. I got into art teaching at uni and a mate of mine, Simon Scales in Adelaide, he set up a big school called Concept Design Workshop Australia. He kind of said to me, Hey, there's this field called concept art. I remember you were good at art at uni when we were studying together because um, I majored in graphic design. He did illustration. And he goes, I think you should look into concept art. And lo and behold, I fell in love with that field. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it's been yeah four, four years of, of making a living from it. And um, I suppose, you know, it, within, within perspective, I suppose the last four years is where it's been a full-time job. So I think it's been good, you know. Um, 
considering it's only been four years. And I think I've just put that pressure on me because yeah, I, mean, I am an old fart or older fart. I'm 36. So I feel old and oh, like I've been doing this. This is the first time we've ever had anyone on the podcast that's slightly older than us. We always, we always complain about how old yeah, we are. Slightly. Only slightly. slightly. I'm, I'm, th- I'm 35. Uh, yeah. Cubal's uh, 19. Fair yeah, enough. Okay. It's all- Sounds like, sounds like me, man. You sound like me. I think that's why we connected. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. Cubal is... Oh, God, I don't even know how old I'm you are. I'm 34, <laughs> not yeah. 19, although I have the mind of an eight-year-old. So it all evens out. That That's roughly in the middle. There you go. I can be 19. No, yeah. so it's been a long road, but it sounds like a satisfying one in the end. Yeah, yeah, it is good. It is good. So it's just it's starting to to, I suppose, get its traction and... And I suppose I could be worse. I could have a job that I hate. And uh, apologies for that. Um, oh, and okay. um, we'll this message, people messaging me. Oh, that's okay. I'm getting messages. Well, so I've got one here from, what's this? Yeah. D. Trump, I'm coming for you. Whatever the hell that means. All right, I'll just put that <laughs> away. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving right along. I posted on Facebook. This is what I posted about the whole Trump thing. I go, I said, Luminous Ages is no longer fighting to be the best surrealistic fantasy comic book series. <laughs> Our reality and America's political system just won that fight. What the fuck, America? <laughs> <laughs> I've, yeah, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been taking screenshots. Some of the best posts I've ever seen have appeared today. Uh, ben, who we had on the show um, a, a few episodes back, posted, um, House of Cards is going to have to get really creative next season if they're going to outdo reality. <laughs> so, <laughs> but... Um, Wow. Yeah, I, I I just posted the simple but but elegant America you had one fucking job. <laughs> you um, did it wrong. I just have, I just have everything's okay. And it doesn't create, you know, too much instability. That's all we can pray for, you know, or think for or whatever, yeah. meditate on. Yes. Yeah. I think you so, might be dreaming that. And speaking yeah. of dreaming, that brings us to your Kickstarter for your your card game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I am, I am truly the king of segues. Okay, so, so, t- so tell us about your card game, Luminous Ages. Well, Luminous Ages is spawned from our comic book series, um, which has been going for about a year and a half. I think we started releasing the preview issue late last year, mid last year, about July. So it's been a year and a half now, and we've got two issues, a preview issue and two full issues have been out. We have been making designing the card game for that period as well, um, while we've been doing the comic and the card game, we were releasing token cards first for Magic, the Gathering last year, and I had all this art. But then I was like, "Hey, I think I should make a game." Like this was late last year, and mm. I don't know. It's always been in the back of my mind, and I just decided to start making the card game. And we beta tested it in March. We've been beta testing testing it since the beginning of the year. Our fan base um, that likes my art has also responded with. We've had a, a huge amount of volunteers come on board to uh, test the game since April, the PvP version and the Dragon Mode. And Luminous Ages, the card games, kind of come to life in April. We've printed about 12,000 cards. We've sold 600 boosters in the first four months, which I think is good comp- comp- considering that there's so many digital TCGs and so many games mm. you can get for free. Yeah, I know. Like mine. The fact that people want to buy my game, I'm just like, what? You know, like... Well, it, it's not, you know, it has been a lot of hard work. So um, it's it's just great that people actually liking it. And um, we thought, well, you know, 
like I did do market research and people were like, oh, I don't like trading card games because you've got to constantly spend. Ours isn't one of those. So um, even if you did go down the route of PvP, there's only about 110 cards in a series. Mm. Uh, 70 of them you get in the dragon mode in the tabletop version of the game. And the actual the, the, what we did is design the game to have a prism resource, so dream magic, like you were talking about dreams. The whole comic book universe is a dream world. It was the first planet ever created. Um, it was, the Big Bang was caused by 13 dragon gods and gods colliding with each other to create the dream verse and, and reality combined. Um, that's basically my Big Bang theory of how the world was created, and we've applied it to Luminous Ages. And so it's called Luminous Ages because obviously there's this dream world where this stuff is happening in its own kind of time and space. It's the first planet ever created. <coughs> Excuse me. The dragons escape and monsters escape to Earth realm, and that's what created our mythology of the many cultures and people of 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 Earth realm. So yeah, and um, the card game is um, like I said, it's three ways to play. It's a tabletop card game. It's a deck building game it's a trading card game it's not a lot of spend because the dream magic is a prism resource so if you bought say five packs of the boosters for eight dollars you get 20 cards mm. you could make one or two good decks and because it's a, the, the resource is a prism you could have a multicolored deck or you can pick four colors so we kind of are opposite to magic although magic the gathering in the sense that they have specific colors. You've got to run a red-black deck or a green-blue deck or whatever it is. We say you can run anything. You could run – it's basically there's three alliance. There's the Dream or the Tranquil Alliance. They're the good guys. There's the Nightmare Alliance, which is black and red. And then you have the Neutral Alliance, which kind of can go either way. They can go towards Nightmares or towards Tranquility, a Tranquil Dream. So um, we made it that, you know, if you did happen to buy the boosters, you're not getting any useless cards. There's probably only, or sorry, five common lands, which lands are just a resource everyone needs in the game. Um, and there's about five common creatures. Every, Nearly every, the, the rest of the pack, the other half, is a rare or uncommon card. So you're getting really good cards in every pack. That's the whole idea. So with our modeling, we've made sure that it's a deck builder, it's a, a tabletop game, it's a card game, and we're on the Kickstarter to make sure that we can fund the tabletop card version, which is the Dragon Mode, mm -hmm. um, which is a cooperative game. So it's, that's been really fun making that and testing that. In in through the through the Kickstarter on completion of that, what what's your um what's your plan distribution model for like the cards? Like where can people actually get them after that all goes through? I'm going to be obviously selling them online. Um, and we've got Patreon, we've got a web store. You can get it through us. But um, I've you know if we go if we get the funding and depending depending on the success, well we're very close to getting the funding. I think we've got a good chance. But um, I've actually got one of my artists who's kind of a silent partner on the whole comic book series and the art rob richardson he's been doing art uh recently and he's come on board just recently he is in the u.s he's from uh florida and um he has some connections for people for distribution from the u.s so oh, i can't say fantastic. names yet but there's some they are some big names and um look i don't want to count my chickens yet but i am ha hoping to go to gen con next year to meet these people, to show America the game and 
show um uh i suppose get get go and show off the art in uh indianapolis mm. and you know like do hopefully i won't do a bore you know like i met a guy you know <laughs> <laughs> get kicked um, out <laughs> if if but, america um, is still there <laughs> the yeah, time it happens that's what worried about so um i'm a bit concerned for rob who's a best friend of mine and i've known him for years and He's kind of been on the team. I have put that phone on silent for some reason. It's still doing oh, it weird shit. Samsung. It hates, you. it hates me today. God, these phones. I hate them. They're so annoying. Oh, um, no, but anyway, Puck is familiar with my loving relationship with the iPhone six I have, and the amount. I love of, my be, phone. I hate my phone so much. I want to crush it under really? my heel and then burn the remains. Yeah, really? I, I, I'm I didn't Samsung. like it. I, I didn't like it when it was like yeah. a nine. Uh, and then when it upgraded to iOS 10, I just want to constantly set it on fire. Um, now, this is, of course, as well, uh, this isn't your first Kickstarter, is it? No, no, it's my second. Uh, we did one in March this year. It was a... Um, Successfully? Was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about 500% successful. Oh, wow. But we weren't really asking for much. It was just to cover the cost of printing our art book and comic together. Mm. Um, which was a complete success. Everyone got the product. No one missed out and, you know, everyone loved what we did. So that's the goal with this is obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we do our, we're, we're producing the boosters already been getting printed and made here in Australia. And um, so we've already got some boosters and we've got products we can send to overseas factories to make sure they mimic what we've got. Mm, mm. So that's the great thing about already doing it. We've just done a second print run of 10,000 cards for the first edition. So the great thing is, is just to kind of, I suppose, um, be able to say, we've got a product, we can, you know, ship it anywhere now and um, get it manufactured in any country if we need to. Mm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you coming up to uh, the Brisbane supernova on the, on the weekend? Sure am. Excellent. Yep, I'll be you, there. Okay, two two follow up questions because I'm going to be buying more posters. I, I'm already I've committed to that. I knew that was going to happen anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Are you going to be bringing yeah. the comic, and are you going to be bringing cards? Yes, I'll be bringing the comic. I'll be bringing cards as many as I can, uh, prints, everything. So I brought, but I'll, I'll just warn. Um, I've brought comics as many as I can, but it's selling out. Like the reason why we're on Kickstarter. It's because we printed like 250 <laughs> comics. And since October, they've all sold out. I've got like wow. 40, 50 copies left and I'm spewing. Nice. Let me know what you want, if it's a comic or if it's some of the card game. And I'll put something aside for you. Oh, um, cool. Done. And I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I can do that for you. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel special. Puck, you don't get that treatment. Uh, you may as well get off the air right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I... I I can't make it to Supernova, unfortunately. Yeah, see, I feel, I feel like my wife may just, my wife may protest if I spend one weekend at PAX and the the next weekend at Supernova. I have yeah. an opposing problem. If if I couldn't make it to Supernova this uh, this year, my wife would actually kill me because she's she's put together this exact duplicate of Elizabeth's dress from Bioshock Infinite. Uh, so now even I'm if I lose a limb, it. if I lose a limb, I'll still be there because I have to be there. So yeah, although now I'm thinking about it, I do have a five-year-old daughter. She might like to see Supernova. That's very true. 
You're getting creative. Mm. It looks like you're only about two and a half grand away from uh, from meeting your goals. So um, I've set up a um, uh, uh, like a subdomain link. So if you go to dreaming.dutchpotato.com, that'll take you straight through to your Kickstarter okay, uh, cool. you. campaign. So that, that should help as well. Everyone get onto there straight away because this, this looks phenomenal. But that's right. Awesome. So what I'd say is uh, everybody click on those links, check it out, go and look at the Kickstarter, fund the Kickstarter, put in a few bucks, put in five, ten bucks because this looks fantastic. Um, I'll get some uh, I'll get some snaps of us and the game when I'm at Supernova this weekend. I'm going to put them up on our feed as well. Anyone mm. that's at Supernova Brisbane this weekend, go and check it out. It's Anthony Christou. Um, is there anything in particular they need to look for to find your stand more easily or just look for the name? Um, I'm at table 78. Um, I have, what, what do I have? I have a really funny sign on my booth because people just walk past my booth because they're dazzled by the art, not to brag or anything, but they just decide to start taking photos of it without asking for my permission. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I put, I put up this sign. I, I hand drew this sign and not typed. I hand drew it because I was getting so freaking annoyed. I said, uh, please do not take photos of the art, or the gods will curse you. And I've got well, an Egyptian, not like that. the Egyptian eye of Horus and the Greek <laughs> evil eye together. On it scares the shits out of people. That is brilliant. Well, in that case, everyone head over to table set seventy. What seventy six? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Yeah. Seventy eight. Head to table seventy eight. Do not take photos, or you will die in burning pain. <laughs> but check it out exactly. and. Buy definitely buyers go there with money because those prints are gorgeous. Um, oh yeah. Well, that's actually that brings us to um, end of our time. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. No worries. Hey, now, Park, you and I this week got to play a game that uh, I've had sitting on my shelf for ages, and you picked up at Parks, um, and you played a cock. bit of. It's not cock. called cock. It's not. Cock. What is wrong no, 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 with no. you? No, you don't understand. I'm cocking you. Well, oh, could you please explain to our audience where that <laughs> came from? <laughs> oh, yeah, just really quickly. When we flew in, uh, we jumped on the bus to take us from the airport to the hotel, and we met uh, uh, a gentleman named Jeremy uh, from Pennsylvania in America. Um, and Jeremy told us a story about how him and his friends earlier um, uh, used to play a game where they would call each other on the phone and try and get each other at work or whatever, and when they answered the phone, they'd immediately say, cock. And they referred to it as cocking each other. And we explained that that's something quite different in Australia. That's not a... Uh, <laughs> no. No. And it, that's not the name for that. <laughs> and, it, and it became a, uh, uh, a bit of a joke throughout the weekend. Uh, like a running gag. But um, anyway, so what were we talking about? Oh, I don't know. You've derailed any, <laughs> any logical thought that I had. Um, we were talking about Munchkin. Oh yes, and it's, so been, this around, was... it's been around for ages. Mm. This game, so it's not a new game. It is. It was uh, created also by Steve Jackson Games, who was also behind Zombie Dice, which I've mentioned mentioned a few times. Okay, so Munchkin is a deceptively simple game. Um, it's got a lot of strategy behind it. So the the way that you play it is that everybody gets um, a handful of cards. And those cards can be made up of equipment cards or race cards, character classes, so on and so forth. You can play a card at any time. 
Um, some of these cards make you go up a level. Some of them make you don't go down a level. You can curse other players. And there's all sorts of effects you can have. Um, the basic premise, though, the basic goal is that you want to um, get from level 1 to level 10. Now, um, to do that, you fight monsters. So, once everyone's played the cards on the first hand they want to do, you go around in order and you turn over a card from one of the middle decks and if it's a monster, you can fight it and you fight it based on your power level, which is your level plus any bonuses that you have. So, let's say you've got um, plus three armor, say that you're wearing that you've played and your power level is two. Oh, sorry, and your current level is two. So, your total power level is five. You turn over a card and just say that that monster card has a power level of four, four versus five, you would win that. However, this is where the strategy comes in. Other players this is where the ganking can... comes in from other players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, other players can attempt to screw you. You can ask them for help or those players can actually try and uh, cause you to lose the fight. Now, if you lose the fight, on every monster card, they have bad stuff that can happen. Sometimes it's losing all of your levels. Sometimes it's just dying and you lose all of your equipment. Um, sometimes it just, you know, causes you to, say, randomly discard cards or whatever it is. All different things that can happen. So, what you get to the point of is that you can start offering other players um, share of the loot that you would get or maybe a future uh, favor um, or really anything else. And it got to the point where, um, like at one point, we... You're out there? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just breaking equipment. It's all right. <laughs> it's, no, 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 no. It's the spring-loaded microphone thing. I just decided that it was a, was a great time in the call to punch that. Um, please, um, please yeah. do continue. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So we get to the point where, say, let's say we, um, uh, uh, somebody was versing that level, that power level four monster, five versus four. They're going to win. Somebody else decides to buff the creature and give it, say, plus two. So now you're losing. Um, that person may then uh, say to any of the other players, "I'll give you two of the cards in my hand if you help me." Yeah. Or I'll give you a share of the treasure if you help me. And then they can then, help you, but then they're likely to screw you on the next turn anyway. Or has happened then, in our game. Or or players can start to bid. So somebody may say, Oh, I'll do that for four treasure cards, because that's the reward for this particular monster, say. And somebody else might say, oh, I'll do it for three treasure cards. And what actually happened in our <laughs> game at one point is that's where we got. There were two other players who were bidding. Uh, I think it was Jonah who was trying to get some help, and I just said, "You know what? I'm just—I'll do it for nothing. I'll just—I'll help you out for nothing, just to screw with Callan." Like, <laughs> so you get all this strategy, and that's where really the fun comes into it—is all this negotiation. And that was a journey. It actually lasted. Um, <clears throat> the game ours was a relatively quick game, but it still run a, mm. ran a little bit longer than I expected. I can see how that game could possibly run for hours if you kept nerfing people back to the first level. Correct, and the um the, the the first time that I'd ever played it was on uh, Friday night, Friday night, Saturday night, on Saturday night, um and we started playing at about eleven o'clock, and we stopped playing about two thirty in the morning, um when somebody just won, and none of us even noticed any, they, none of us noticed the time, um. But, um, oh, man, it's such a fun game. And then when you have a look at all the different versions of it that are out there oh, now. Oh, yeah. I've got Cthulhu. Oh, there's, there's about about 
15, 20 or something, I think. Probably more. I think I think there's more than there's that. Probably more. Let's check Steve Jackson games. Um on the interwebs. And mm-hmm. uh yes, games publisher waiting for it to load. It is overseas, so we are waiting for it to find its way out. And this website has it's not a great website. <laughs> They make great um, games. I'm, they make great games. It's not a great website, but their games are fantastic. Games. So looking games, games. Just looking at all of Star the Star Munchkin, Munchkin Apocalypse, Munchkin Legends, Munchkin Apocalypse Two, Sheep Impact, Munchkin Guest Artistishkin, Munchkin Foo, Munchkin Oz. Ah, oh, there's a fucking crap load of these. Yeah, okay, so there's enough. There's an Marvel. Mun- Marvel Munchkin. Munchkin Need for Speed. What? Well, that's actually the only one I don't get. There's an Adventure Time Munchkin. There's a Nightmare Before Christmas. But wow. Okay. We hey Puck. We're going to collect in the studio every Munchkin. Here's the funny thing. Every um, Munchkin. Uh, Munchkin um, if you Gloom. Go, what? If you go if you go to um, Ace Comics, um, over at Alderley, they I didn't realize until I bought Munchkin. It didn't quite click with me. In their front counter, um, their entire front window when you first walk in is all just different versions of Munchkins. It didn't occur to me that they weren't different games. Check it out. Get into it. Now, I've been playing an interesting game, uh, mm-hmm. video video game. Um, I'm not going to do a review because I'm only a little way into this game. Now, this this um, game got to my attention because uh, we got contacted by some of the developers through Vocal Horde. And um, I went and checked it out and, and I've had a play through it. And this, it's really fun. It's called Orwell. And it is a, it's an interactive. Big Brother game. Uh, oh, see, whenever you say Big Brother, it has that content, connotation of the TV show that I hate and want to burn. Um, so no. no, but yes, it is based on obviously you know Orwell, Big Brother. It is based on the Surveillance Society. So it's set in a time where there is a massive amount of surveillance through a computer network system, which is you know called Orwell. Um, that is used to monitor everything, cell phone calls, emails, messages, everything. You can usually, you can basically use this system to get into anything. So any of those conspiracy theorists that think the government's spying on my phone line, all of those guys, this is basically what they picture the government is doing. Um, so throughout this game, there is something that happens at the beginning. There's an, there's an incident, and I'm not going to explain it because people may want to go and take a look at the game. I don't want to spoil any of it. Um, and in order to investigate who has caused this, you use this computer software system to get in and examine all of the evidence. So you can go through news reports, um, oh, magazines, articles, interviews, audio recordings, phone calls, everything, instant messaging on computers. And you have, it's a two-pane system. So on the left, you have all of the evidence you're collecting. And on the right, you have all of the stuff you're reviewing. And you can drag key parts from the right into the left to keep to be used as evidence to theorize who is responsible for this. And it was it's really an interesting game. I really got into it. I really like it. It's not like anything I've played before. Um, I've had a couple of people say it's like Papers, Please, but I haven't actually played Papers, Please. So I unfortunately can't say that it is or it isn't, but they very much capture the, the vibe of the Surveillance Society. After about an hour in, I started going, you know... Maybe there's someone watching me play this game through my... And then I went, that's too meta, and went to bed. Um, well, I, I uh, messed out. 
Have you finally got around to watching Black Mirror? No. No, because it's been one sick. Of the ep- one of the episodes is kind of on this. Um, Don't tell was, me. Um, Don't tell me. Yeah. I'm going to no, watch not on it. Ex- Stop. Not on this exactly, but just, just how, how easy it is to, to hack somebody's webcam. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, no. It's, it's, that's, all, that's a series worth watching. But either way... This is this is a good game. I reckon you should check this out. Now, I've read a couple of things that said it's not it's not overly long, um, like it's not a massive hundred hour campaign or something, but it is it's like an interactive novel that you play through, and it's quite unique in the way they've done it. I really th- I think they've really done a good job. The interface is slick; it's easy to use. There's no bugs to speak of. Haven't encountered a single problem with the game, which is which is good because there's a lot of stuff nowadays that just seems to be prone to crashes, bugs, not working with my freaking tablet stuff like that. Um, mm. But no, it's good. That's another one to check it out. So it's called Orwell. It's on Steam. Um, check that one out. They're, st- they're still doing some work on it, so they're publishing updates to it uh, quite regularly. But yes. Um, now next on our next on agenda, uh, there was a quick little things I wanted to give a shout out to on news this week before we move on to the next bit. Um, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, PS Pro launched this week. We can't really say much about it yet because I haven't seen one, looked at one, played with it, done anything. The the Biohazard, uh, sorry, Resident Evil thing that I played, I believe that was on a on a PS Pro. Can't see that it would have worked on the original. But yeah, uh, another thing uh, which which just this could get even airplay because um, there's been uh, some. I'm not going to call it controversy. I'm just going to call it a thing that people generally have to accept when they get games nowadays, um, which is the the fantastic day one patch. Now, for those of you who are primarily tabletop gamers and unaware of what the day one patch is, this is when uh, developers release a game and you buy it. So let's say you get it on console and you, you buy it, you have your shiny disc, you put it in, you install it, it's all installed. Then you start to run it and before you can run it for the first time, it's got a huge fucking patch to fix either all the stuff they missed or, I don't know, put in all the content that they hadn't quite finished when all of the CDs and DVDs, well, DVDs, not CDs, oh my God. Were um were done up. So Dishonored Two, really good example of this, came out I think earlier this week. Players got it home, put the disc in their PlayStation Four or Xbox. Nine gig patch. Is yeah. it, is that not the biggest fuck you to gamers? Really? That it is a um it is a pretty fun game too. You know where I played it? Dishonored Two. Oh oh, oh let me um 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 Comic Con. Um, no. Uh, what was that other thing you went to? The Mardi Gras. Um, no. Pax. No, wasn't was there. It Pax. There you go. Dick. <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> the first one was fun. Yeah. But see, your experience of Pax wasn't the full experience. Did you go to the booth, sit down, get comfy, pick up the controller, and then have to wait for a nine gig patch to install? Because you haven't got the retail experience. No, it was all on console, so you didn't. They would already been pre-patched. Funnily enough. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because at that point they hadn't realized all the bugs they had to patch. But nine gigs, really? Come on, guys, what are you doing? How can you have a nine gig patch to fix stuff that's wrong? Unless the whole game is wrong, everything, one hundred percent of the game is wrong. They've, no, there's yeah, been but- others. I seem to remember uh, Batman, not the one that was on PC. Because I realized that was completely fucked beyond all repair. But the uh, the the one on PlayStation, I seem to remember that had like a 15 gig patch or something. This yeah, is becoming seem, a thing. I don't understand it. Yeah. Isn't it better? Like, if you're going to do that, why not just sell them a code in the store? Just unlock it on the machine and download it anyway. I think you're fine. It's probably because they're 
they're manufacturing the discs like well and truly before launch, and then a lot of things change. Um, but yeah, in order but to meet nine, gigs, in order to meet man. deadlines, nine. No, but think about gigs. it. Yeah, but for a worldwide distribution launch, which is what people are demanding now, they're demanding that. Um, oh, you know, America shouldn't have it before Australia. Everyone should be out of you know just. Just play at the same time. I'm still not so, hearing an argument for replacing all of the content. Unless the yeah. whole game was developed in between the time the DVDs were done up and okay. the freaking okay. release. No. Okay, let's let's say you order something from America and yes. it takes like two weeks to get to you. Okay. Right? Now, imagine that you ordered, say, a hundred things. Okay. Right? So, they all have to arrive at the same time. So, it's a reasonably large package. Then, imagine that there's another, say, 500 to 1,000 other people who all want the same thing coming from the same place but distributed just in your country alone. Okay. And then multiply that out by all the other countries who want as well. In order to meet that sort of distribution timeline, you're talking months in preparation, not not days or weeks. So, it, it kind of then makes sense that they have to, say, get something ready for distribution three or six months before the game gets released. So That doesn't not- make sense as how distribution works on the globe nowadays. Well, it's not how it works. Of, yeah. Um, I, I, I know, know know this though. because I helped a I helped a Melbourne-based company set up for physical distribution of games, and they hooked into the suppliers that were in the US and in um, Melbourne. And their deal with them is from the publishers when something was actually released and essentially printed to a Blu-ray or, or a DVD, they would have it in their store within four days. It was UPS Air Express every single time. Um, so I, I, no, it's just, it's just, yo, yeah, I'll just whinge about well, it. Well, I, I well, still, I, I still think it's basically like having a loading screen that's an enormous finger. Yeah. Yeah. Look at well, guys. Well, I tried. Well, um, aside from that and large patches, uh, we have, uh, Supernova on this weekend. Um, I'm going to be mm-hmm. there. I don't believe Puck's allowed to go as we spoke about earlier on the interview. But you know what? But you know what? We've got quite an eventful few weeks coming though, from Dutch Potatoes perspective. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, in two weeks we've got the uh, the rainforest retreat weekend, which is going to oh, be oh, is that two weeks? Amazing. You're uh, yeah. you're a uh, <clears throat> dungeon in the woods. I can't say yep. that word. Twenty fifth to the twenty seventh of November. If anyone wants to come, there are still spaces available. One hundred twenty five dollars right. for the weekend. That's right. Get um, your tissues, buy your lube. Yep. <laughs> um, and and what's great is that part of what we got uh, we, uh, when we were down in Pax, we actually got all got a copy of Volos for free. So Volos Guide to uh, to Monsters is the new D and D book that's come out. It's not a campaign book exactly. It's all about new races, subclasses, new. You monsters. can be a beholder. Yes, that is and, just so cool. Yep, and it's got stats for being a beholder, for being an illithid, for doing all sorts of stuff. So, And there's also, as well, there's all these little mini campaigns that are in there. So it's got a map with lots of rooms for a um, uh, uh, an illithid uh, encampment or a illithid lair or city or something. Um, so what we're going to do is everyone's going to roll up a, uh, a drow character, so a dark elf, oh, man. and raid an illithid base. And then... We're going to all roll up a lithid characters and defend against an invading drow force. Now, something I hadn't mentioned to you that I was going to suggest. Um, and so on and so forth. Do you want to take along our mobile uh, a mobile dictaphone podcasting unit that we didn't get a chance to use at PAX because it was too loud? Um, and just record, you know, day one, we're sitting down to play the... Just, just give us a bit of a status update and we'll 
jam them together and we can have them on the week after to yeah, kind of cover the experience. Uh, because I reckon by the by the end of that, it's going to be a very sweaty, smelly, angry place, but it should be fantastic. We could. Um, the only problem is that I found with that dictaphone, you've got to be holding it up the whole time. If I can get one of those little mics to go with it, that'd be better. Oh, yeah, I've got one. Yeah. yeah. You can um, use that. And, of course, the other event we're coming, we've got coming up. Now, this is getting really excited. 15th of January, guys, we're only a couple of months away. 15th of January, we have the Labyrinth of the Gods event. Now, over the weekend, we've picked up a couple of new sponsors. Um, so, we've got um, uh, the guys from Luminous Ages, of course, who we had on the show earlier, Anthony. Uh, Anthony is donating uh, close to about six or $700 worth of prints and canvas uh, paintings um, of fantasy-themed art, um, which is just amazing, plus four packs of the um, the uh, uh, Luminous Ages card game. So, that's awesome. And we've also got the guys from Level Up Dice um, who are donating some dice. I'll be announcing formally next week what our prize pool actually looks like. Uh, but at the moment, I think we've got uh, just over $2,500 worth of prizes so far that have been donated by our sponsors. Wow. Um, that yeah, is going to be a so, fun event. Everyone go to the event. Oh, yeah. I'm, so going, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm going. Oh, yeah. Because we're no, going to no, be no, podcasting we've... from there. I have to Yeah. Go. I can't Yeah, and, we've, we've... and also on the day, we've got um, the guys from HEMA, who are a medieval reenactment group, are coming along and bringing a photo booth and all their different costumes. So, wow. if you want to get dressed up in, uh, uh, in gear and have a chat to them about what's involved in joining HEMA, which... Sounds like a lot of fun. A little bit, too, a little bit too time-consuming for me. I've got too much other stuff on, but it sounds like a lot. Oh, of fun, what do you mean? You're do. not busy at all. You just work a full-time oh, no. job and run a podcast and run the largest gaming organization in Australia that does tabletop. Exactly. <laughs> You're um, not busy. So slacker. Yeah. Um, so that should be an amazing day. And the guys from Level Up Dice are also coming along, and they're bringing a whole bunch of stock and going to be offering at discounted prices just for our Dutch Potato players on the day. So what so- we're saying is if you're going to that event, bring money. Bring yep. lots of money because there's lots of really cool stuff to buy. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and, I, uh, I did yeah. not check. I did not check. Uh, check with those guys. Uh, Level Up Dice, they're up at... Yeah, they are. They're up at Supernova again this... So yeah, on the weekend, everyone can check out check out Anthony's booth, check out Level Up Dice. And if you see me mm. wandering around, don't hug me. I've been ill. Yeah. I've been ill. Don't touch me. You're all filthy. Um, Especially the COD players. I don't want whatever you got. Yeah. I gotta yeah. leave them alone. Actually, on that note, on that note, I have to admit, the the new Call of Duty, right? It came out. And I was looking at it and I see they've gone for the, the cinematic stuff. Now, I've got to admit, I nearly bought the last one because it had Kevin, no, Kevin Spacey it. in it, except Dave went. Don't do it. Yeah. Mate of mine, Dave went, don't buy it. It's horrible. It's awful. It's just that you'll hate Kevin Spacey for the rest of your life. So, I, I didn't. I avoided it. Now, the new one, I saw bits and I thought, okay, it could be interesting. It could be okay. Maybe they've improved something. From what I'm reading, oh, the formal reviews seem to be okay. It's the Steam reviews. That get really quite disappointing. Um, so I was going to give it a chance. I was actually going to review it on Dice and Pixels and go, come on, guys, do it. You can do it. Infinity Ward. We know you can make it like a decent game. Um, they can't. You know they can't. Oh, they have millions and millions of dollars. I know. I'm sure it's okay. Yeah, they can't. But the problem yeah. here's, what, here's what I don't understand the people reviewing this on Steam, they're Call of Duty players. The Call of Duty players are saying that it sucks. 
Listen to your audience. Change yeah, see, something. We're, see, we're not really in a position to to talk about it though. That's the thing. We I know. We, okay. Well, in all honesty, we have a go. We have audience. a go at cod players, but we're not the audience, and I don't really know any. And I just we pick on you, but we've got no right to pick on you. We're filthy, horrible people ourselves. No, we're too busy. No, we we've already grown our pubes. We're not the, the target audience. Yeah. So so anyway, I'm sure there's people at home now who are going. Please shut the fuck up about Call of Duty and please continue explaining what's going to happen with the Labyrinth of the God events because that's what everyone's getting excited about right now. I thought you'd finish uh, that because we're talking no. about future stuff now. No, we have trying to tell people how to actually come and play. I thought we've covered that on previous shows. Okay, cover it again. I can't okay. remember. I don't know, man. You, you talk. So anyway. I, I don't hear it. Okay. So, no, no. We didn't make it really clear. Other people won't fucking show up. Um, Threaten them. <laughs> Threaten them. Take the... Ta- 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 oh, what's what's yeah. what's the name in your um, in your group? Use her technique. You guys are going to come and you're going to have fun and shut up. Yeah, that that's actually what she's been doing with all the other groups. Yeah. Okay. So, so to come along, it's $15 for a ticket. Um, that gets you in for the day, um, uh, and it also makes you a player, so you get discounts as as a player at um, uh, Level Up Dice. Um, and uh, the the day is going to be split into two sessions. You need to have your character sorted out before the day. We will start at nine on the dot, nine a.m. So please, 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 please become prepared. Um, uh, we there'll be plenty of discussions going on on the Facebook page. Um, uh, if you want to go to, um, I'm just going to make it lab.dutchpotato.com. L A B dot dutchpotato.com. If you head over there, that'll take you straight through to the Facebook event page. If you've got any questions, please ask them there. Um, everyone's getting very excited and very chattery about um, what's going to be happening. So we've got a team from Sydney who are coming up with Level Up Dice. They're being sponsored by uh, Alex and the guys. Um, it sounds like we've also got a team coming from uh, one of the Brisbane stores. I'm just waiting to hear confirmation. We've also got a team potentially coming up from Adelaide and a team coming out from Toowoomba. So have you got it? Wow, um, that's going to be amazing. Wow. Yeah, so um if you want to get in, I would suggest buying your tickets very very quickly. We currently have about 20, 20 tickets left and I'm aware of about 15 people who are going to be buying them over this weekend as they just sort of confirm their travel plans. Yeah. So first if you first want to play serve guys. Yeah, um, we might extend the number of um, of tickets and number of teams that we allow to play, but um, yeah, we we we're very wary of doing You've that. You've got to be careful to make about sure we fire have laws, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> Once you get above a certain amount, you've got problems. It's not so much that we need to make sure we have enough DMs who are who are there and ready to ready to oh, DM. That's true. So yeah, just just um yeah, get in get in quick if you want to play, get in now. And you get to don't, give Nap a hug. Wait. You get to hug Nap. For the oh, whole, yeah. for the whole thing, the whole time, all of nap, constantly. Good on nap cuddle. Next year is going to be a good year. We've got, you've got the labyrinth event on early Jan. At some point, we know over the next few months, we're going to have the the uh, opening of Netherworld Arcade, mm-hmm. which is going to be fantastic. We're going to have the the collapse of the free world that's coming up. We've got um oh oh we've got something else. My big announcement. <gasps> oh yes, been waiting. The news. Been waiting. The news. The whole show. Okay. So we have big news. We have a big announcement. Um, as you all know, if you're listening to this, um, we run a podcast called uh, Dice and Pixels. And if you if you didn't know that while you're listening to this, uh, turn off your music player and go back to playing Call of Duty. And yeah, um, that's that's weird if you don't know that. It's, it's very bizarre. We don't, why are you listening? Go away. Um, we don't want you here. 
So we're very welcoming. But on, on what's happened because of this podcast, which was a, admittedly a bit more successful than we initially anticipated, um, the first thing we're now launching, uh, there is another sister podcast that is coming up to this. And it gives a very, very quick rundown on that. This is not the full announcement. This is This is leading up to the announcement. So I'll let you, Puck, just describe that sister podcast that's starting yeah. up there. So the new podcast that's coming out is going to be focused on Dungeons and Dragons specifically. Um, now, uh, those of you who know Dutch Potato and have played with us before, um, you'll know that we're very uh, we're very involved as a group when it comes to creating new content um, and putting together some custom campaigns. So um, myself and uh, one of our uh, other players and DMs, uh, Andy, um, and Nap. Are going to be oh, running a deep. A book. I air. know. He should have his I'm own excited. show. He should have his yeah. own show, and it should be called Hugs with Nap. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just him. Just it's just one long unbroken fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> For so an hour. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what it'll be is it's probably at this stage we're just banding around um, how it's going to be structured, but it's probably going to be a fortnightly podcast. So every two weeks, if you're not in Australia, um, about an hour, and it'll be broken up into probably twenty minutes or so um, of just talking about different events and conventions and other D and D related events that are going on in Australia. Um, then about twenty minutes of um, what we'll do is we'll have a story design segment. So if you're developing your own storyline and you need some help fleshing it out or coming up with say some compelling NPCs or something you need just need help um, getting your campaign off the ground um, you can send us in your ideas and we'll help you out um, and we'll, we'll kind of work through it and come up with some solutions and then the remaining third of the time uh, we're going to be reviewing campaigns that have been released on dmsguild.com um, yeah so and the name the name of the podcast uh, is going to be casting the dice that's not all, folks. That's not all by any means. Over the course of the next few months, um, the Dyson Pixels website, as you've probably been there and found that it only contains our podcast at the moment, uh, we're going through a bit of a transformation. We've been working with some other groups, some other podcasts, some other media creators, content creators, and we are proud to be bringing you DysonPixels.com that will be an online repository, A let's call it a podcast TV station. Uh, live casts, audio, videos, podcasts, all kinds of stuff um, from the uh, Dyson Pixels Media Production Agency or whatever you might call it. So basically, one place for you to go to get all of your podcasts, all of your uh, geek, nerd, uh, gaming, table, video-related culture stuff, uh, live streams, podcasts, all in one place. Now, some of the podcasts we're working with existing people that already have podcasts, you can already get them through the normal channels as well. This will just be one central place where you can subscribe and get everything you're interested in all in one nice, let's call it a bucket. Uh, no, let's not call it a bucket. That's a terrible word for, for entertainment. Who wants a bucket <laughs> of entertainment? Uh, it's a box. No. I don't know what it is. It's a website and <laughs> it's full of entertainment. But uh, we're really excited about this. This is going to be... This, it's, a, it's a slow burner. There's a lot of uh, work to do. But please stay tuned. We'll keep you updated over the next few months as that happens. The new podcast, however, that will be launching shortly. That will be the first of many. Yes, yes, that should come out uh, sometime in the next month. No, well, some, someone's fairness, screaming. Yeah. But in in fairness, I think they're probably just going to come to listen to Nap because I know I am just Nap. 
Oh yeah, we'll yeah, be we'll be, we'll be we'll be launching it. I uh, just decided we've just decided hugswithnap.com. And um you can go there and there'll be a VR nap hugging device. Yes. You can play. And as you can and hug as a nap special- in VR. As a special treat, uh, the uh, our next week's episode, we're going to have a guest, aren't we, QB? I believe we are. Who's? Yeah. I don't. Who is it? Puck. I'll I'll give you a clue. Fuck. I'll gi- Is it a huggable fuck? Actually, that sounds <gasps> bad. Huggable fuck. It, no. It's a, <laughs> it's a it's our hugger. It's our huggable fuck nap. Nap's going to be our special guest next week for the whole episode. Wow. So, tune in next week. I will be reviewing next week. Oh, I'm looking forward to this as well. We Happy Few, um, which I've been waiting for. Uh, I cannot wait. It's going to be great. So, I dare I say we're, we're I, both going to be reviewing that. Because let's yeah, face I should, it, go, I, sh- I, sh- I should go and buy that, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should. Yeah, you cool. You really should. All right. So we're we're just dragging this on a little bit now. So well, that's let's fine. just end it there. Thanks for coming, everyone. Um, this has been Puck. This has been Cubal. Good luck out there. Uh, now your door's shut. Good night, everyone. Happy gaming. <laughs>